Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. What's the date? 420. Um, it's April 20th. 420. 420 is National Weed Day. Marijuana reference. Whoa. Wake and bake. 420. Wake and bake, dude. Wake and bake. It's marijuana. Are you holding? You got any weed? I need some weed. Got weed? Where's my weed? Speaking of 420. Considered by many to be National Weed Day. Good morning, my people. Wake and bake. It's showtime. Yep. Sorry, I'm angry. I hate that. Mm-hmm. It's such a pet peeve of mine. Hi, good Hi, good morning, everybody. What's going on? It might be evening when they're listening to it. Oh, good Good evening. Oh, that's right. Sorry. We're supposed to be more uh, well-rounded and welcoming. A little more generic, Kat, and if you could. all the time zones, too. <laughs> we have people from all over the world listening to this podcast. So, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Hey, Truman Show reference. Great movie. I have such a pet peeve of mine. I was just replying to somebody on Facebook. I hate when people don't want to read an article. They just see a headline, and then they'll either ask questions in the comments section Or they'll say, well, yeah, but this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that is in the fucking article that I just posted, you lazy son of a bitch. Don't try to correct me when it's in the fucking article. If you read it, you'd see that that exact thing that you're saying is in there. Mm -hmm. I can't. I can't. What was the subject matter? Uh, It was Michael Keaton. (laughs) Oh, what is your... What is your deal with Michael Keaton? You know what? You know, it's just one of those things. A Batman for me was just one of those movies I watched a lot um, as a kid and I really was a little kid when the when the OG Batman came out with Michael Keaton, but he was just like my favorite Batman, and that was it. So whenever the argument comes up about Batman, I'm always I'm Michael Keaton or nobody really. Like I'm, I, there's some other people that did okay as Batman, but he to me was was the best. And maybe it's just an old school nostalgic thing for me, maybe. But the fact that he his talent agency has now confirmed, and that's the story. His his talent agency confirmed. He is on his way to film his scenes for the Flash movie. Now, there had been rumors for months about this, for those who are also Michael Keaton fans, but he was hesitant to go to the UK to film because of COVID. And for whatever reason, I mean, he told Deadline just a month ago, yeah, I might not go because honestly, like, it's too much for me. I, I'm, I'm kind of freaking out about the whole thing. I might not go do it. And if I can't make it in time, I'm, I'm out. Like, that is how it is, right? Is this because of COVID he was worried? 100% because of COVID, yeah. Well, he's in the high risk category now. For sure. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. And traveling and the UK and I get it. All of it makes sense. All of it lines up. So the story is that his agency has now confirmed he's on his way to film. But then people in, well, one person in the comments, anyway, this is just my rant. My rant was about this comment the here saying, oh, we heard for months that he was going to be there. This is not really a story. No, the fucking story is that it's official now. He's going and his agent confirmed he's on his way. That's the fucking story. We know for months this has been a rumor. Anyway. Okay, sorry, my rant's over. I'm good. So please read the article before you comment on social media. Well, that's it. And look, I understand the being lazy part. Don't get me wrong. I've been that person on social that I'll read a headline and I go, fuck, I wonder if that's going to affect me. And I'll go right to the comments just to check. And someone will inevitably will clarify in there like, oh, but don't forget the article also says this. I'm like, thank you. And I move along. That's it. It's as simple as that. Sometimes that happens. And I get it. But if you have questions or you want to criticize an article, 
read it first and then go ahead and critique and criticize. That's totally fine. Fair. No, that's a good reminder. I mean, uh, there's a lot of people that just see something and think, I'm going to get all fucking fired up here. And there's really no need. If you read the actual article, it may address some of your concerns or questions. Um, The same thing happens to me all the time with my daily COVID update because I post headlines. Right. You must get that all the time. All day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't even give a shit anymore. I I really don't. But one of the stories this morning is that the NDP federally, this is Jagmeet Singh or Jugmeet Singh, is asking the prime minister, Justin Trudeau, to invoke the Emergency Measures Act in Ontario. And Jugmeet apparently isn't even aware of where he is or what day it is or what riding he represents or what level of government he works for. Jugmeet Singh used to be deputy leader of the Ontario NDP. Hmm. Now he's leader of the federal NDP, but he still wants to get involved in Ontario politics. Listen, Jugmeet, you're never, ever going to be prime minister unless you cut a deal with the liberals. That's the only way you've even got a shot. Stay the fuck out of Ontario politics. It has nothing to do with you. You don't even represent a riding here anymore. Just shut the fuck up. All you have to do is be a responsible opposition leader in Ottawa to Justin Trudeau. Don't worry about what Doug's doing. Stop trying to score political points here. Just shut up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Worry about the federal response. Because you know what? As I look at it, we don't have enough vaccines. And every day there are dozens and dozens and dozens of flights internationally landing in Canada. Mm. That could be full of variants, could be full of regular COVID, could be anything. Worry about that. Stay in your lane, jug meat. I don't even want people representing other parties in Ontario to speak. Like, Andrew Horvath, shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, everybody. We understand shit's wrong. We get it. You don't have to highlight and underline it. We all know at this point shit's fucked up. Don't add anything to it. Just if you stay quiet, maybe you'll have my vote next time. Just shut the fuck up right now. Just shut up. Yeah, she's very yelly lately. You know, she goes in spurts where every now and again she likes to yell and scream as loud as she can and, yeah. and try and get some attention. Uh, frankly, I don't know why. L- listen, if you're the leader of the NDP or who's that other idiot? Uh, Steve Del Duca running the <laughs> Liberal Party in Ontario. Right. Like, honestly, guys, more. Sorry, less is more. Less is more. All you have to do is shut up. The The Ford government is on their heels. They have fucked up and they admit they fucked up and everybody knows they fucked up. And there's people that supported them last election that will never, ever vote for them again. You guys are not helping by piling on right now. You're actually just coming off a little opportunistic. It's coming off very political. Just shut up. That's all you have to do. Teachers unions. Those fucking Oecta commercials, for the life of me, I can't figure out why they're wasting the teacher's money now. It's not going to make a difference. There's no election for at least a year. You've got to stop. Stop wasting money because it just comes off political. And the more political this gets, the more trivial the whole thing becomes. We're dealing with a pandemic. If this is not your turn to speak, then shut up. Just shut up. Stop making it so political. Let's deal with the problem at hand. And then you've got all of that time before the next election to ramp up. Those teachers must be infuriated, by the way. All that money they have to pay off of their checks to be members of the union. By the way, membership is mandatory. 
and and they're just wasting it on commercials right now that have no impact whatsoever. It is a waste of money. It is a waste of I mean, we work in radio. We hear those three, four times a morning, and all that shit adds up. I, 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 we'll I take ass- your money, but it's not necessary, guys. Yeah, I, exactly. And, and I assume, uh, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but is there a very clear cut when you're a member of the union? I was a member of a union once um, for a while. I didn't care enough to really look into it too much. I was one of those people that, like, I was in the union, but I didn't give a fuck. But if you're in that union, is it crystal clear how much money they're spending on what? Like, is there, like, a pie chart or something I, like that? I don't know how much the membership gets to see the financials. I don't even know if they're aware that uh, the leaders of their unions are getting paid, like, three times what the average principal makes. They're they're getting paid big money to spend your money. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I don't understand why you guys get behind it. It just makes you look trivial and petty and political right now. You got to knock it off with all that shit. Sometimes, like I said, less is more. The less you say, the more the government is going to hang themselves. They've already shown they're completely fucking incompetent. Like (laughs) I watched yesterday, Christine Elliott came out and, and she was the first one to have to face the media about the debacle that happened last Friday and then when they took everything back. I just, I felt bad for Christine yesterday trying to put a spin on that mess that the conservatives created for themselves. I felt horrible for her. Do you want to hear just a little bit of Christine from yesterday? Yeah, sure. It was just going to turn around 24 hours later and change it all. Why did the government put these things in place in the first place? It was just going to turn around 24 hours later and change it all again. What would you say to Ontarians who are questioning this government's competence at this point? Well, I would say that the changes we made were based on the medical advice that we received from Dr. Williams and the public health measures table, and there's many people behind them as well, as you know. And we were advised that we need to limit mobility to stop the transmission of the COVID variants in Ontario. Mostly it's the UK variant, but we're concerned about the Brazilian variant coming in as well from British Columbia. And so that's why the, uh, the rules were made. However, we have heard from people that they're very concerned about children being able to go out and and get some fresh air and exercise. And so the playgrounds remained open. They will, of course, stay open. But what we're, what we're asking people to do is to limit large gatherings to make sure that when children are out playing, that, um, that the parents maintain the appropriate physical distancing required to stop transmission. And as far as the, um, the police requirements that were made, again, that's really meant to stop large groups of people being together in in parks and other places. So that's why some of the issues with respect to stopping people in cars and so on was, was uh, taken back because it's really aimed at large gatherings of people and making sure that people continue to follow public health measures that have been set out for, I guess, the last year now. You know, it's pretty amazing that she managed to to articulate that the way she did, because it seems fairly innocent the way she says it. Uh, she's a great communicator. The problem is, we all know the whole thing was a fucking mess. It was a disaster. And I'm not surprised that people are calling for resignations. Uh, for the life of me, I can't believe the Solicitor General still has a job. I mean, for a Solicitor General to sign off on that disaster on Friday is crazy. But if you want to hear more about that, go back to yesterday's podcast. Um, oh, I got to tell you about my vaccination. Yes. Yes. So as of today, anyone 40 plus in Ontario can get a vaccine 
but only the AstraZeneca. And I was ready. I have no problem with AstraZeneca whatsoever. I was ready to take the AstraZeneca. And this morning, right after the podcast, I was going to book my shot. But as longtime listeners know, I have a condition called anaphylaxis. And the thing that I'm allergic to is called NSAIDs. It's a special drug that you find in like Advil, Aleve, that sort of stuff. That's why I can only take things from the Tylenol family. So I spoke to a pharmacist yesterday and I said to him, hey, going to book my COVID shot. Just want to make sure everything's good that I take it. So he put me on hold. Apparently did a whole bunch of research, came back on the line a few minutes later, and he said, OK, so here's my advice to you. I do think you're high risk. And I thought, high risk? I, I Can I get the vaccine or not? He said, yeah, you can absolutely get the vaccine, but you need to go into the high risk category where they book your first shot and your second shot right away. He said, you need to be fully vaccinated because while there's no allergic components in the vaccine that I need to worry about, there is allergic components in the drugs they would treat me with if I got COVID. So they need to make sure that I don't get COVID because it'll be a real problem to deal with me in the ICU if, God forbid, I had to be hospitalized. So, Kat, whereas I was ready to book the AstraZeneca shot today, I now have to go through the high-risk portal and book myself uh, uh, one of the hospital vaccinations also because I have anaphylaxis. He also said instead of 15 minutes, I should wait around for about half an hour after the shot to make sure that I don't have a severe allergic reaction to it. Hey, that's good to know. I know there's people listening that have uh, similar, uh, that are allergic to ANSADs as well, that listen to the podcast, that have talked to us about that. So that's good to know if you guys don't know that. You would you would think that like family doctors would be more, make people more aware of that. I, I'm sure that you're one example of many where people probably didn't realize, hey, if you did get COVID, it's actually, you are high risk because... Of the treatment well, needed. So that's, well, hey, that's good to know. Glad you found that out now. Well, yeah. And you know what? I I have so much respect for doctors, but I think that pharmacists are often underappreciated. They know shit that doctors don't know. Pharmacists are amazing in a lot of different ways. And that's part of the reason that I wanted a pharmacist to tell me about this vaccine. Never in a million years did it cross my mind that my risk, what puts me in the high risk category, and yes, I'm using air quotes, is not the vaccine itself. It's actually getting COVID because treating me with COVID would be far worse than getting the vaccine. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate that pharmacist time. And for anybody else, uh, don't take medical advice from us, of course. Talk to your own medical professionals, mm-hmm. doctors, pharmacists, nurse, nurse practitioners. Uh, talk to them. But either way, that's the advice I was given. So as soon as I found that out, I did book my vaccination. So I'm going next Friday for my first shot. And just the way it works, because I do happen to have that high-risk condition, I also get my second shot. Three weeks later, so you're going to be fully vaxxed before well before I even get a chance at a first shot. Yeah. And you know what? That wow. does weigh on me a little bit. It oh, really no. does, because I don't want to take a shot from somebody who needs it. I mean, I want my vaccination and I am entitled now because I'm over 40. It's just I probably should get AstraZeneca. But the pharmacist identified me as high risk because of covid drugs. So now I have to. um get the the high risk category which means i'll get pfizer or moderna and i will be fully vaccinated by may 2 4 weekend you'll be one of those assholes twerking in the streets huh oh yeah (laughs) throw me a white claw let's fucking go
<laughs> well, that's great, guys. That's great. And if you are one of those people 40 plus, congratulations. And if you booked your, your shot already, that's awesome. I hope it doesn't take you long before you can get in there. Apparently, the wait times are not too bad either from what we've heard so far this morning from people who have called right away basically to get in. So, yeah, I, I hope you get a chance to to do that if you're 40-plus. Yeah. L- listen, I really do see, and, and I know it seems bad right now, and it absolutely is bad. What's happening in our hospitals is tragic on so many levels. But now that we're getting so many 40-year-olds vaccinated, Within 10 days and every day that goes by, we were 10 days closer to an end. And I really do think that we're not going to be in this same situation this time next month. I think kids are going back to school after the May 2-4 weekend. I think that that's ample time for the teachers to have been vaccinated and and to get kids back in school after May 2-4. And I do think in the next couple of weeks, outdoor kids' sports are going to resume. And frankly, I don't see how the government can, with a straight face, again tell us that golf is dangerous. So if you're one of those people that's messaging me like fucking crazy <laughs> about golf courses being closed, again, like I said yesterday, I really don't care. I'm a massive, massive golfer. But I don't care if golf courses are closed because I do understand it's a stay-at-home order. But if there's no risk, there's no risk. And we've got to really start getting away from this shutting down shit that's safe while leaving shit Mm -hmm. that's dangerous open. Mm -hmm. I mean, enough's enough. Enough's enough. Yeah. Um, Before we move on to some other things, just quickly, I guess the thing that people are talking about from the budget that came out yesterday. So great to see a woman deliver the budget. Fuck. You know, I'm not even a huge fan of Christian Freeland anymore. I liked her a lot this time last year. And then she got really political and slimy like Bill Morneau, the guy she replaced. And I don't like that. But it was so refreshing to see her deliver that budget yesterday and talk about working women, the need for child care. And I admit I've evolved on this topic over the years. I really do think child care is important. I just don't think what she announced yesterday is going to make a bit of difference. Mm -hmm. So for the conservatives amongst our listeners, I know that you guys are fixated on a few things. Number one, $354 billion deficit from last year, $155 billion deficit this year, and $100 million in new spending. Part of that spending is to work with the provinces on creating daycare. And the liberals, those sneaky bastards, they're coming out here spinning this whole. They want people to talk about $10 a day child care, 10 bucks a day, 10 bucks a day. Like when Doug Ford tried to do the buck a beer shit, it was all buck a beer, buck a beer. Well, now the liberals want you to believe $10 a day child care. The problem is, is that this is something that needs to be done with the provinces. And what they want to do is expand the capacity of child care by so much that the prices will come down. Imagine that competition could bring the prices down. They should look at the cellular industry. Just saying. But anyway, that's off topic. The odds of $10 a day daycare actually happening, I'm going to put it slim. The odds of it happening anytime soon, no way. No way. And I think that they wanted that. They wanted people to hear $10 a day childcare. And then they wanted... The budget to come out yesterday and people hear that they're transferring all this money into childcare so that you can have $10 a day childcare, but they themselves are not using $10 a day. That was a term that came from some left-wing columnists. Reality? Well, we, we don't need to even think about reality because it's a fantasy at this point. $10 a day childcare 
is not realistic until the feds and the provinces say this is 100% our priority. And until the prices go down with the private care providers, we are going to offer child care at $10 a day and subsidize the living shit out of it. I do happen to think it's something we need because childcare is a barrier for so many women in the workforce. I think we need this. I just think that the spin the government has been putting on it for the last 24 hours is not realistic. It's very misleading. If you woke up this morning thinking, fuck, any day now, I'm going to get that $10 a day childcare. I see that being years and years and years away it's such horseshit and i i have that that i knew in advance as soon as it was leaked or whatever that oh don't worry guys child care it's gonna come it's gonna come cheap this that's exactly the moment i went oh, okay like it's gonna change everything yeah right i mean it's not gonna happen if you have a young child right now even if you're pregnant right now it's likely that if something like this ever did happen it, it, it it's not gonna be exactly as it sounds it's it's empty shit it really is misleading it's totally misleading it's not exactly what it is and you're absolutely right it affects so many people the cost of child care and don't get me wrong i know because i i pay full-time child care for one of my kids i'm lucky enough that my that my mom watches one of them just because she has so many grandkids she can't watch them all at the same time and i also want my child to have some sort of routine and get ready for school (laughs) let's hope she's getting ready for school in september so for me that cost it's a big cost it's a very big cost. And some families, if you have two children that are supposed to be in childcare, I don't understand how some families make it work. I really don't. I really don't. It's so expensive. And I understand from the daycare perspective, the cost of running a daycare, it's not cheap either. Um, the, everything that they do and, and employing the people that they do. Uh, and by the way, they should be receiving their vaccines soon too, but apparently they're not fucking top of the list, which pisses me off because childcare workers and those who have been working in those daycare settings have been working through all of it and doing a great job. So I don't deny that they, that they need that money. That's why I think it's kind of bullshit. But yes, the province should chip in for some of that to help alleviate some stress financially for these families. I have friends, Scott, and you're right about women taking the brunt of it. I have friends of mine who, because they have two young children under the age of five that both need childcare, the woman did, just didn't go back to work. Because what's the point when at the end of the day, basically you're making what a difference of a couple hundred dollars. So is it even worth it to you? Because you have to spend so much. There's so much outgoing for childcare. On top of the fact that you need to supply a lot of things while the kid's in childcare that you wouldn't have maybe at home. So it's, it's a shame. It's a fucking shame that we're in the spot we're in. And people, Devil's advocate? Yeah, go ahead. You were the one who decided to have kids. You were the one who should have had a plan. They're your kids, not our kids. You should pay for your own child care. Because that's the argument that a lot of people make, particularly people who don't have kids. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's the cost of living thing, though. I mean, you want to have a two-income household in order to have a little bit of comfort financially. Not everyone's lucky enough to have one person making six figures in the house, right? You might have someone who's making like sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000. The other person with young children has to forfeit putting them in daycare and forfeit a job, basically, because it's not worth the price that you pay for the daycare. And I know they're subsidized and I know that there are there is some help. There is a little bit of help there. But for some of people, the people that I know, it just it, it makes me. And these are, by the way, people who have their masters, their masters in different subjects that are like 
fuck, it's not worth it for me because I'm trying to work hard at this, but I need to, I can't afford to have both kids, for example, in daycare or one kid. So, I mean, some families struggle to have just one child in daycare with a subsidy on top of it. It's, it's a shame. I, I mean, I, yeah, that argument to me is just, I, I just roll my eyes. It is what it is. The people have kids and if they want to be able to work and make a decent wage and try their hardest to do that, it's really hard when you have a daycare bill as high as it is. And again, I don't even put, I don't even put the pressure on the daycares to do anything about it at all. I understand the cost of it and it, they're worth every single penny. And ECEs, in my opinion, don't get paid enough. Actually, they should get paid a lot more for doing exact doing what they do. I have two kids. I can't imagine a classroom full of sometimes whatever it is, depending on the daycare. It could be 20 something kids. Now they usually have smaller cohorts. I know in my in my kids daycare, they're in cohorts of like 10 ish or less. So it's a it's a big job. It's a big job. They don't get paid enough. So I'm not even putting the pressure on the daycares, but I definitely put the pressure on the government. Do you know how much money they spend on the stupidest shit, Scott? And you know oh, how yeah. much of a difference that would make for families if they could chip in a little bit more with childcare? It would help out a lot. At what point should the government start paying for childcare, though? I mean, is there an expectation that the kid has to be at least 12 months, at least 24 months, at least 36 months? Like, at what point does the government's responsibility for your kid kick in? Well, sure. And again, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I know advocate you're playing I, devil's advocate because that, that I know you wouldn't actually say it the way you're saying it, but there are some no. people that do. But a lot of, hey, listen, there are a lot of people who feel that way. People who have paid for their own way all the way along that never took government subsidies for their child care. People who in the past have had to sacrifice their career to raise their kids. People who made a plan or saved sure. to have kids. I mean, there's any number of people that are saying what I'm saying now. Right. So first of all, sure, you could put you could put a, a number on it. Absolutely. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You could say, you know what? We only help your kid 12 months plus. When your kid turns a year, congratulations, you're going to get a little bit of help. I'll give you one example, the payment that we're about to get. If you have kids, you're getting 400 bucks ahead. April 26th, by the way, is when that payment is coming in via direct deposit or e-transfer, whatever you signed up for before. Do you know how many people are getting that money that don't need that money? Why don't you make sure that you allocate these funds to families that actually need it? And you can start with that with putting it towards people who actually need the help. And if that means they have to apply, if you're an Ontarian and you have to apply for it and kind of prove that you don't make enough money, do it. Fine. I think there should be no shame in that to get a little bit of extra help because there's families who don't need that money. I'm getting $800 like for two kids. And I I think it's kind of like in a way it's sometimes those kind of payments are just hush money. Like, Casey, shut up, parents. Just here you go. Here's some money because I know that fucking shit's closed for your kid and you can't put them in sports and stuff. Here you go. That'll make you feel better. Now, for some people, it's going to make a tremendous difference, and I'm glad to see it. But every single family's getting it, Scott. Some people have like six kids who are going to get it. Add that up that might not need it, that are really well off. I'm saying there's got to be a balance there somewhere where they can reallocate those funds to the people who need it and going into child care probably makes the most sense to get people back into the workforce that want to be in the workforce. Isn't that money intended, though, to offset the cost of distance learning and so on and so forth? Like if you've got to go out and buy your kid a Chromebook or something like that? Scott, it should be. But I've got an almost four-year-old and a two-year-old. They don't need no fucking Chromebook. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Put it towards some activities and things to keep them busy. Some educational tools. Absolutely. The last time I got it, I updated my book collection for them. They got some brand new books and a couple of activities and things like that. Fine. But not everybody needs the money is, is, is my point. Not everybody needs that money. So give it to families who do. Okay. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's move on because there's three other things I want to discuss in this edition of After 9. First and foremost, welcome back to After 9, Rogers Wireless customers. <laughs> Are they, wait, I asked her, is it too soon? <laughs> is it too soon to crack jokes? We'll hold off. We'll hold off. Uh, you know, maybe now they can look back on it and laugh. But yesterday was a pissy day. It really was. There were so many Rogers customers across Canada that couldn't access the network. And some things worked. Other things didn't. And it was very, very frustrating. I think I got a dozen emails yesterday to the, our entire staff here from IT advising if you're on Rogers, we know you can't authenticate to get into your email because that it requires a text message to do that two factor authentication. Here's what you can do. And it was just nonstop. And I'm not even on Rogers. And I was sick of the inconvenience. So if you're on Rogers, I get it. And I asked a question yesterday on Twitter. What's fair compensation for an entire day without access to your phone? And it's funny because uh, some people said you should get a month free. Other people said you shouldn't get a build for that day. Other people, they went a little more extreme. Like Rogers owes me money now because they use their phone for business. And the fact that they couldn't communicate with customers or the fact that they couldn't call up an order, that was very problematic. Hell, there were police tweeting out yesterday that because of the wireless problems for Rogers customers, there were 911 calls that were dropping. So again, What's fair compensation for one day without your phone? Is this a first world problem? Yeah, of course it is. But knock that shit off. If you're thinking that, knock it off. Because cell phones are essential now. They really are. You can do too much with them. You rely on them a lot. They are essential. If you work it out, technically, if Rogers wanted to make it right, they'd credit everybody $3 on their next bill. Well, that... Credit would cost them millions. It's only $3 to you. And really, does $3 make up for it? Because I'm sure if you'd asked somebody around noon or 1 o'clock yesterday, what would you pay to have your cell phone service working again? Mm-hmm. They probably would have given you 50 100 or more. I just want my phone to work. So while it's only $3 on paper, it's actually worth a lot more. And I don't know what Rogers is going to do, but I imagine there's some pretty pissed off customers out there today. <laughs> I mean, how many calls did Bell Mobility or Telus get yesterday from people saying, fuck Rogers, yeah. I'm done? And, it, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, it, it was definitely interesting to see because you're absolutely right. Some people were to that extreme. Uh, we heard from people this morning who couldn't pay their employees because they didn't have Rogers. And I'm not sure how, quite how that worked, if there's no way around it or couldn't get paid or receive their payment because of it. Um, I'll give you read you a couple of comments, though. Mark says... I guess Rogers could refund for my day of use, but wouldn't that be like a dollar twenty-five? It was actually kind of nice. No distractions. It was peaceful and stress-free. Okay, so there's one person's perspective. And I think, Scott, if you if here's here's the dangerous part to claiming that you should get three hundred bucks worth because that's how much you had to go through and, and how many hoops you had to jump through. Doesn't that only make the phone companies go, oh, your phone is worth $300 a day to you? Well, fuck you then. We're going to raise prices even higher because apparently 
the value of it to you is a lot higher than the, let's say, $3 a day that we're currently charging you for this service. Is there something to that? There's, that, that, that's certainly a fair way to look at it. I mean, all things equal, if you insist your phone is worth $300 a day, then why are you complaining about getting a $60 bill every month mm-hmm. or a $100 bill even if it's worth 300 a day? So certainly that's one way to look at it. But I mean, let's be honest. There are other options out there. And if you don't like Rogers, you can leave Rogers. Same with Bell, same with TELUS and all the other different companies. Sure. And th- and that's the thing, Scott, is you're, you're with Bell. I'm with TELUS. So we didn't have these disruptions yesterday, but it could have it could have easily happened to either one of us. It could sure. easily happen with any of these phone companies. Yep, absolutely. Just keep that could've. in mind. You know, you before you shit all over Rogers, uh, they do nothing for me. But I'll tell you that I wouldn't shit all over them because it could happen to anybody. One thing I would like to say about this is I was following along with the tweets and stuff that were going out like crazy yesterday about Rogers and you mobile phone companies have really got to knock it off. I don't know if you've just been trained to never acknowledge that there's a problem on your end, but the entire fucking country knew that Rogers was out. And they were still playing dumb. There were people calling Rogers yesterday at four in the afternoon. Oh, my cell phone's not working. And they were going through the stupid shit. Oh, have you tried rebooting it? Have you tried powering it down and (laughs) and turning it on again? Have you downloaded the latest updates? (laughs) Like, don't fucking patronize us. We know there's a problem. We know it's on your end. But they'll never admit it. And that drives me crazy. Just, you know there's a problem. We know there's a problem. And you probably know that I know there's a problem. Why are we pretending and going through this shit? Same thing when your internet or your TV goes out at home. Have you tried powering it down? I mean, I could try powering it down or rebooting it or pulling the plug for a minute and then plugging it back in. But if you know the problem is on your end, don't make me jump through those fucking hoops just so that you can say you did something and avoid having to admit there's a problem with the network. But again, here's the circle. They're probably trained to do that. Because so many people demand compensation when the service is down. That's right. That's right. You're 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 right. I think that's what it is. That they, they you can't admit defeat. Don't admit anything. I, I do think it is interesting though. But I'm not sure if it was that or a lack of communication between the people at Rogers that are actually in charge of trying to fix these issues, their ITs and engineers or whatever it is that were working on this all day yesterday. Probably probably still sleeping right now, but. It was interesting to me that it seemed like at the beginning some the the replies over social media were like far fetched. I have no idea what you're fucking talking about. Like, mm-hmm. oh really? Can you DM me with some more information, Jack from Hamilton? And oh please, uh, Joe from Toronto, can you DM me with a little more detail as to why you you fucking know everybody's having these issues? They don't need to DM you with fucking details about the fact that they can't their phone doesn't fucking work. That part was like, come on, man. At least acknowledge, like, we're working on it. We're working on it. That's all you had to say. But it seemed as though whoever was behind social media was probably in way over their heads trying to answer all of these text messages or uh, DMs and tweets that were coming in yesterday. Um, I I don't know what's going to happen in America here, Kat. As we speak, and maybe by the time you're hearing this podcast, the verdict will be out. The jury in the Derek Chauvin trial deliberated for about four hours last night and they were right back at the courthouse deliberating again this morning at 9 a.m. This is the trial of the former Minneapolis police officer who killed George Floyd. 
Sorry, he's on trial for killing George Floyd. I can't actually say he killed him yet because that's in dispute and that's what the jury is going to decide. I watched those closing arguments yesterday and I watched a bit of the trial and, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where a good lawyer is worth every fucking penny mm-hmm. because the lawyer defending this cop, former cop, Derek Chauvin, all that lawyer has to do is create enough reasonable doubt in one of those jurors minds and his client walks. We all watched Chauvin kneel on George Floyd's neck for over nine minutes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though I watched the video, I saw it with my own eyes. I was listening to this lawyer defending his client yesterday. And I thought, you know, I, I do see a scenario here where it's possible at least one of those 12 jurors has enough reasonable doubt. He brought in experts to say, I mean, yeah, there's no disputing the fact that the uh, Chauvin here knelt on his neck for nine minutes. But that doesn't mean that's what killed him. His heart stopped. Everybody dies when their heart stops. And he had heart disease or he had a heart condition. He had fentanyl in his system. It was a very amped up and charged up situation. Is it possible the stress stopped his heart? And when you bring up arguments like that, I could see one of those jurors having enough reasonable doubt. Then it would be a hung jury and he walks. The judge already said yesterday there's already probably grounds for appeal, no matter what the verdict is, because there was a congresswoman who went on a big rant about race riots before the jury got their instructions. You know, like shit like that. Mm -hmm. And that's cat. If it's a hung jury or a not guilty. Or he's convicted of, like, manslaughter, but not murder? Minneapolis is going to burn to the ground tonight. And, and or where, tomorrow. And or whenever that verdict go? comes out. What is he going to do? If they set this guy free, if you're right, if this happens and he's basically told, you're free, go on. Where is he going and what is he doing? That man can never live the same way again. You know there's people out for blood over this. Sure. Sure. There's people who think they need to avenge the death of George Floyd. I I totally understand that some people feel that way. Um, But I mean, let's face it. uh, People forget quickly. Most people do. The general public does. I I don't see a scenario where he's Anthony. I don't. I see you, bitch. (laughs) Carla Hamalka is wandering around Quebec right now. She's wandering around Quebec as a free woman right now. And, that's and she's changed who, her name and changed her appearance a right. little bit. But that's it's still right. Carla Homolka. Right. Yeah. Then again, if Bernardo was walking the streets, I don't think anybody's going to forget what that fuck looks like. I he's, don't think Paul, Paul Bernardo would last a day on the streets. He's a, he's a charmer and a half in prison, too. And I know because my brother-in-law was his guard for many, many years. Wow. While he was in Kingston. And he is he was friends with everybody. He like even in prison, if you thought that he was just staying quiet and sitting still, that man was a charmer. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's disturbing. I hope he didn't get any preferential treatment whatsoever. I say was. There's no preferential treatment there, but I say was only because like he's not coming. He's not getting out. I I don't. I mean, maybe he will one day. I'm not sure when is when he's up. But I, you're right. People won't forget that face. Last but certainly not least, this is from Reddit and the Am I an Asshole section. I love this section because uh, 
there's some really interesting scenarios on here. Here's a dad who wants to know if he's an asshole. So everybody listening to After 9 now, the After 9 family, time to make your decision. Dad, first and foremost, paid for his daughter's tuition. That's a lot of money to pay for your kid's tuition start to finish. Yeah. And dad decided, okay, well, I am the father of the bride and inevitably she's going to get married. So I should set aside some money for her wedding inevitably. So he's been saving. He had $35,000 in his daughter's wedding account. He saved that money, putting away a hundred bucks here, 200 bucks there, whatever it was, tax returns, lottery winnings, whatever. He had 35K. Well, with all the COVID restrictions in place right now, daughter decided, you know what? We can't have the wedding we want to have, but I do want to get married. So she eloped her and her now husband decided to take off and go and do a quickie wedding. Just the two of them. Great. Good for you. I fully support that. But now she wants that 35 grand and dad can't give her the 35 grand because dad decided to buy himself a new car and book a vacation. Is that totally legit? Is that dad's money? And it was earmarked for the wedding. There wasn't a wedding. So fuck it. I'm buying a new car and I'm going on vacay. Yeah. Or since the money was technically going to be spent on her, should he just hand her a check for $35,000 and say, do whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to read some text messages we got on this? Love to hear him. Alan says, he should keep it. He worked hard for it. It sounds like she's a bit of a spoiled brat. Did not even appreciate what dad did for her all her life. Someone else. She's an ungrateful, self-entitled child. This money was his no matter what happens. Marriage, school, etc. She should be so lucky to have the option of help. Uh, my opinion is, the money is rightfully his to spend. He saved it for her wedding, which she didn't need. Personally, I feel people nowadays expect things handed to them. Uh, Laura, what an amazing dad for doing that for his daughter, first of all. It is his money. If she didn't want a big wedding, then then he should get to keep it. However, if his daughter doesn't already own a home, maybe he could have given it to her to use as a down payment on a home, etc. But that would be his choice, not hers. Mm Mm-hmm. Hi, Scott and Kat. Enjoy listening to you guys. Don't normally weigh in on this, but that $35,000 question, man, I believe it's dad's money. It was earmarked for a wedding that the daughter chose not to have. And as much as it was daughter's wedding, that thirty-five dollars was also being spent for dad to enjoy the day with family and friends watching his daughter get married and be happy. He didn't get that day either. Ah, interesting way to look at it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, 90% of people, by the way, 95% of people think dad is in the right here. There are a couple people that believe he should have just given that money to her, but to use for something else. Really? Eh? Yeah. I know that surprises me too. Hmm. Uh, listen, parents these days have an obligation to their children far greater than when they turn the age of majority. I mean, this fantasy that once you're 18, you're on your own, which is basically the case when we were younger, is not reality anymore. The fact that dad paid all of the daughter's tuition, I don't know what daughter did through school, but hopefully she was saving some money for the house. If she didn't have to pay for school, hopefully she was saving towards whatever the end goal is. 
But then he also set aside money for the wedding. And I do, I admit, I have mixed feelings on this. I mean, yeah, that's dad's money. He already went above and beyond by paying her tuition. The fact that he set aside that much money for her wedding as well, that's incredible. Good for him. Good on him. That's a great dad. I'd love to think that I'll be in the same position to do that for my daughter eventually. But he did save that money for her. And even though it was earmarked specifically for a wedding, it was kind of her money. He made it, he saved it, but it was for her. And, And I just think to myself, all this could have been avoided with a simple conversation. I mean, clearly, at some point, he told her, I've got this money set aside for you for your wedding. Maybe it never even crossed her mind as a second thought that the money was specifically for a wedding. Maybe she just had it in her head that this is for my long-term goal, 35 grand. Great. And in her head, it might've made sense that, well, if I'm not actually going to have a wedding, I could save that money from the ceremony and apply it to a house or a car. So I can kind of see how she thought that. And how dad's thinking here too. But I think they could have had a conversation about this. If she'd gone to him and said, okay, so let me get this straight. You're saving 35 K for a wedding. What if I do a wedding for like 500 bucks city hall, just me and him, no dress, no flowers, no bullshit, no reception, nothing. Could I take that 35 grand and use it as a down payment on a house? I think that if they'd had that conversation in advance, all of this could have been avoided. Mm-hmm. Now there's drama. <laughs> See, and I think the exact opposite. Really? All could have been avoided if he didn't say shit. Don't tell your kids you have money for them in case they turn out to be entitled brats about it. If you're saving up money for your kid, and it's kind of like what my parents did for myself, my brother, my sister as well. Now we all did end up getting married, but either way, and I asked the question, would I have got this check? They cut me a check right before my wedding and said, this is for you to help with the wedding. I said, what if I didn't get married? We would have given it to you for something else. It would have been allocated to you for something different. Don't tell your kids shit until it happens because that's where you came into a problem. So don't communicate it because then they're going to assume in the back of their head, I've got 35,000, I've got 35,000. Oh, we'll elope, but I'll just take that 35,000 and do something else with it. No, don't even tell. So here you go, parents. Here's your lesson. Don't tell your kids shit about the money you have saved up for them. Surprise your kids. Yep. If your kids ask you for money, you've got to do the whole... Oh, oh, it's a bad time. Uh, Listen, uh, maybe I can give you some when I get paid again. Uh, You've got to do that every time. You could have you could be Bill fucking Gates. If your kids ask you for money, empty your pockets and show them there's no money in there. Like leave a couple of pennies laying on a counter somewhere. Like, ah, fuck, I'd love to help. It's just there's no money. Fuck, I lost a lot of money. Rogers was down yesterday. Fuck, I got no money. I I got real fucked. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And on that, we're going to say happy 420, everybody. It's the big pot day. Smoke them if you got them. Yeah, I got a couple of things to do, but I'm going to smoke a big one later on. Uh, homegrown, too. It's Did, not even something from wow, the OCS. Wow, good for you. Well, see, I do have one of the, the the government ones, which are not my favorite, but I, I don't. it might be expired. Honestly, I bought this thing in uh, b- before Christmas. And there's still a joint 
somewhere at the top cupboard in my kitchen somewhere. So I'll try to find it, and tonight's the night to do it. So I'll probably spark one up tonight. Probably uh, one of those pre-roll jobbies that you get at the... Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know how other people feel about it, but one of the things that people have pointed out to me, that they sell at the OCS, which I think is a great deal, is that 10-pack. I think they're by ReadyCan. You get 10 little teeny tiny pre-rolled joints, and you get it for like, I don't know, 25 bucks. One of those is a good little... Yeah, it's it's not bad. I mean, it's not good, but it's not bad. It kind of gets the job done fairly cheap and efficiently. So that you can save money for your kid's wedding. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you bunch of stoners, have yourselves a great day. And we will see you tomorrow with another edition of After 9. Some political news and new polls shows Matthew McConaughey is leading Governor Greg Abbott by 12 points in a hypothetical matchup for governor of Texas. When asked if he's uh, actually going to run for office, McConaughey said, I might, I might, I might. Uh, That's right. McConaughey is leading the polls between that and 420. This is the best week of his life, maybe. According to research, waking up to your favorite song can make you feel more alert and less groggy. It will also, in a week, make you hate your favorite song. McDonald's partnering with popular Korean pop band BTS. The meal features 10-piece chicken nuggets, medium fries, and a Coke. Just so there's no confusion, you get your BTS order at McDonald's and you get your IBS order at White Castle. Federal regulators on Saturday issued an emergency safety warning for Peloton's Tread Plus treadmill. The warning reads, do not get this for your wife unless she explicitly asks for it. (laughs) 